Our uh, first scripture reading is from John's Gospel, uh, Words of Jesus, uh, one of his I am statements as it comes to us in uh, chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. I invite you to follow along. Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, as the school year sort of wraps up, and I think uh, Lane Peter Strasburg finished, and they had their graduation on Friday, Slanko has a couple more days. Um, that means that students had tests and finals to take. Some of you have some probably still to take. So you might remember, adults, those tests that you had to take in school, and there were a number of options on tests. Some of them were true-false. I always loved true-false because it gave me a 50-50 shot of getting it right. Then there was a fill-in-the-blank. There was a sentence and then you had to fill in the right word to complete the answer for that question. There were essays and I remember going back to my college and seminary days and you had to fill up those blue books that the professors gave you imparting all of the knowledge that you had acquired during the year in that, sem in that semester and putting it down on blue book and then handing it in. Then there was multiple choice or as we like, used to like to call it multiple guess. Well, I'm going to give you a four question multiple choice exam. One question each from history, science, math, and the Bible. So number one, this is your history question. Who was the second president of the United States? A, John Travolta. <laughs> B, John Lennon. C, John F. Kennedy. Or D, John Adams. C. Answers D. You might hear a reoccurring theme as to when the right answer appears, hint, hint, hint. Number two, your science question. What is the solar system's biggest star? What is the solar system's biggest star? A, the moon. B, the Big Dipper. C, Taylor Swift. Or D, the sun. <laughs> Answer is D, the sun. This is your math question. Now you're gonna have to use your noodle. If Susan's age is 27 years old in 2023, then what will her age be in 2088? A, 27, B, 206, C, 65, or D, 92? Yeah, a lot less confidence now, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and finally, number four, your Bible question. Who jumped into the sea and swam to Jesus when he saw that he had risen? A, John the Baptist, B, Michael Phelps, C, Bill Gates, or D, Simon Peter? D, D, Simon Peter. Not bad. Now, you may have had teachers when they gave exams 
who, after giving choices A, B, C, and D, would add that dreaded E, all of the above. We live in a multiple choice world, don't we? And this mentality actually bleeds into our spiritual life. Like, how do we understand God? Or how do we understand what it means to be in relationship with God in Jesus Christ? Yes, we live in an option E world, all of the above. In other words, all of them are correct. And it really doesn't matter which one you choose because one is just as good as the other. So, what is the right answer? Or more importantly, for our purposes this morning, who is the right answer? I can tell you this, it isn't all of the above. It is sola Christus, Christ alone. I'm sort of getting ready to wrap up my sermon series on the five solas of the Reformation. We're looking at the fourth one today. And to better understand this, I want to invite you to join me in our second scripture reading. It is coming to us from Matthew's Gospel, Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 21. I invite you to follow along on the screen. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. Friends, this too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you join me in a moment of prayer? Let us pray. God, we uh, kind of tremble here this morning because we are standing on the threshold of this mystery that is before us of the person of Christ, especially since we know you continue to ask for us to consider that very question today. Who do you say that I am? As we ponder this question, may our response come not just from our lips, but also from our lives. We pray this in the incomparable name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. When we open up the Gospels, we discovered that to meet Jesus Christ was indeed a startling experience. People would kind of rummage through the dictionary to try to find words to describe him. Everywhere he went, Jesus moved in awe and wonder and astonishment. And people would scratch their heads. They want to know, who is this man? Well, one day, the man at the center of all this controversy decided to face this question head on. He wanted to know if the dream of his kingdom would continue. 
Did the people get it? Did anybody really get it? At stake was the very future of the Christian faith. Back uh, several years ago when I was in Israel, we went one day to Caesarea Philippi and we saw in the side of a cliff the god, the Greek god Pan carved into it. Now back in Jesus' day, there were something like 14 different pagan temples within the vicinity of where Jesus stood with his disciples that day. And here, so here is Jesus, imagine this scene. Here's Jesus in the shadow of all these imposing structures that are praising these pagan gods. And he asks the question, who do, who do the crowds say that I am? In other words, hey guys, you've got your ear to the ground. What's, what's the scuttlebutt about me? Who are the people saying that I am? And he got some pretty wild answers. They replied, well, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, or still others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. I wonder if Jesus were to suddenly appear to us and ask, who do the people of Quarryville say that I am? I bet we would get some crazy answers too. What would we say? Probably some of the same answers that the disciples gave. Well, Lord, everyone thinks you're, you're just wonderful. Folks over at the Daily Grind, uh, parents on my kid's soccer team, the gang over at the office, they say you're a great teacher. They say you're a prophet. They say you're one of the greatest humanitarians in the world. Many people consider that the answer to this question, who is Jesus Christ? And what they will also say as well, we have so many competing claims about Jesus from, the, from those who say he's a fraud to those who say he's God's son. And with that diversity of opinion, doesn't the truth really mean that it's somewhere in the middle? So let's just say that Jesus is one of the prophets. After all, just like Route 272 is one of many roads that will get you to Lancaster, Jesus is one of many ways that you can come to God. And it really doesn't matter which road you're on as long as you're headed in the right direction. There are religions that say, love your neighbor. There are religions that say, eat your neighbor. It really doesn't matter. The answer is E, all the above. Hmm. Well, next, Jesus gets a little bit more focused and a little more personal. Because then he asks his disciples, but who do you say that I am? And as usual, Peter, like an eager beaver school kid, jumps up, raises his hand, thinks he knows the right answer. He says, I know Jesus. You're the Messiah of God. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, there is a great temptation on the part of many preachers to end the sermon right there. Don't get your hopes up. But a lot of people say, well, there it is. That's the answer that Jesus was waiting for. Peter said it. You are the Messiah. You are the Son of the living God. But then it says in verse 20, Jesus sternly ordered and commanded his disciples not to tell anyone. Why? Why would Jesus do that? I think I might know the answer. If Jesus and his disciples had gone around boasting that he was the Messiah, it might have given the people a warped impression of who Jesus really was. Because you see, the Israelites were expecting this Marvel Comics Avenger type hero 
who would mop the floor with those awful Romans. They expected the Messiah to be a father like Abraham, a deliverer like Moses, a warrior like David with the biceps of Samson, all wrapped up in one gigantic figure. And when he came, he would turn history right side up once and for all. Well, friends, only Jesus Christ is the one who explodes every category. Sometimes I think we even forget that the one who came for us, that the one who came to be with us was more than just a prophet, more than just a great moral teacher, more than just a great humanitarian, but that he is our savior, Messiah, redeemer, and friend. It is Christ alone who literally rips the seams out of every straitjacket that we try to pigeonhole him into in order for us to better understand. In the second verse of that song we sang earlier this morning, In Christ Alone, we hear these words. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless babe, this gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save. Till on that cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. For every sin on him was laid. Here in the death of Christ, I live. Jesus Christ stands in the midst of this room this morning. And he's asking us that all-important question. Who do you say that I am? And you, and you, and you back there, and you over here. And we stand and say in the Apostles' Creed, which we'll do in a few minutes, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. What we're really saying is that Jesus is the autobiography of God in human flesh and blood. Listen to how the theologian Michael Reeves expresses it. The center, the cornerstone, the jewel in the crown of Christianity is not an idea. It's not a system. It's not a thing. It's not even the gospel as such. It is Jesus Christ. And then we look at John chapter 14, which I read earlier, in which Jesus makes one of his most controversial statements in the gospels. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I don't know how you see it, but it seems to me that our understanding of truth has undergone this radical shift in the past 25 to 30 years. It has gone from one big capital T truth to a lot of little individualized lowercase t truths so that what may be true for you may not be true for me. In other words, all of the above. And there are various fancy words for this condition like relativism, secularism, and postmodernism. Well, here we are in the midst of baseball season, and I've come up with an illustration, come across one that I, I hope will, will help us to better understand what this means. The pre-modern umpire. The pre-modern umpire once said, there's balls and there's strikes, and I calls them as they is. In other words, the truth is out there, and you can look for it and discover it, and you can count on it. 
I calls them as they is. A modern umpire would instead say, there's balls and there's strikes, and I calls them as I sees them, so that the truth is something to be found in my own experience. Today's post-Christian, post-denominational, post-modern umpire says, there's balls and there's strikes, and they ain't nothing until I calls them. In other words, the truth is inside of me, waiting to be created, not out there, waiting to be discovered. I create the best truth for me, you create the best truth for you, and it's just not acceptable or appropriate to impose our truths on each other. That's the postmodern view. If you think I'm kidding, have you visited your son or daughter or grandson or granddaughter's college campus lately? Every belief that has ever been practiced is available. Usually the words, well, whatever works for you, that's cool with me. In the Christian church, and as professing believers, we state that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Now this morning, for those of you here, and those of you watching, you can know that he is the way, the truth, and the life from the very top of your head to the very tips of your toes. But that means that you have to be willing to say more than, oh, he's just a good teacher or a prophet or a great humanitarian or that he's all the above or that he's one of many roads that leads to God. Instead, friends, Jesus waits to be claimed as Lord by every person here in this room so that at the name of Jesus, as it says in Philippians, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord, the only begotten Son of God, Jesus Christ, Savior of the world. This man, who lived 2,000 years ago, still changes lives today. His presence can calm our fears. His compassion can heal our deepest hurts. His wisdom can guide us through the complexities and messiness of our daily lives, and his power can give us the strength to face those challenges day after day after day. Jesus stands before you, and Jesus stands before me this morning, and he's asking, who do you say that I am? And the answer that he waits for is your life. Sola Christus. Christ alone. Would you join me in prayer? Let us pray. Lord God, invariably there are people here today who would no doubt say Jesus is one of the prophets. And there are others who would admire Jesus as the greatest religious figure in all of history. Help us to remember that when we're looking for direction, Jesus says, I am the way. That when we're searching high and low for truth, Jesus will show us the truth. And that when we're looking for life, Jesus says, come and I will bring you life and I'll bring it in 10 foot high, bright neon letters. I will bring you life abundantly. We pray today that, we'd, that today would be the day where some 
move from being just fans to being followers. From merely going from admiring Jesus Christ to falling on our knees and worshiping him as God's only son who has redeemed us from the curse of sin and gave us the promise of the Holy Spirit through faith. God, for any of us who don't know you or are confused by all of the competing voices that are out there, because they also claim to be true, let's pray this prayer to you. Jesus, I commit or I recommit my life to you, all of who I am. And I count what you did on the cross as payment for my sin. I vow this day to live my life for you as best as I can. So God, hear this prayer amongst your people and be the way, the truth, and the life for them as you are for each and every one of us. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.